guys, it's Sarah. I'm going to categorize this week's episode as warm and fuzzy. It's the second half of Anna's story. And while it's a little shorter than the others, and the first part definitely has its share of drama, I think the rest of our conversation might be for anyone who just needs a little reassurance and to feel good about the future. Whether that includes a romantic relationship for you or not, ultimately, this conversation can simply be a story of how much can change after a dark time and how different life really can look. Anna talks about meeting her now husband and how different his approach was from the start compared to her ex. Hindsight, right? We'll get to hear her mental process as she experienced something safe and genuine. And at the end, I'll read the follow-up message from her that I mentioned in last week's episode. where I lived there because he followed me after my birthday. But now he's telling me that he knows where I live in my new state. I'm like, there's just, there's no way. Like, how can you know where I live? So let it go, go for the 4th of July, come back to where I live. And I'm sitting at work one day. I got the feeling that I needed to Google him. He had no online presence. He had no social media. And so I'm like, why in the world would I Google him? I don't understand why I would Google him, but it was just this insistence. Mm -hmm. And so I Googled him. He wanted to make sure his daughter wasn't doing anything weird on her phone, wanted to know who she was talking to. Like she's young. She has a lot of of stuff going on. He would do a SIM card reader on her phone where you could read everything that she was doing. So I Googled him and up came on Amazon, a review for a SIM card reader. And it was in his full name, this man who does nothing on social media, nothing online. He loved Amazon, loved buying things. He literally did a review, his full name for the SIM card reader. No big deal, right? I look over to the side and it says, see more reviews by this user. So I click on it. I'm like, huh. And then I see there's a review for this magnetic case that you can put a tracking device in on a car. I read this review for this magnetic case and it's like, oh, it works great. Totally stays on. It's been driven a lot and it's on there the whole time. Highly recommend this magnetic case for this device. Click through, ding, ding, ding. There is a review for the tracking device. Oh my God. That's on my car. 100% that's on my car. That's how he knew where I lived when I left him. That's how he knew I was crossing the state line and no longer here. That's how he knew where I lived in the new state is he had put a tracking device on my car. The review of the tracking device basically said, it's great, does exactly what you want it to do, but the battery only lasts nine days. You have to take it off, recharge it. So this man was putting it on my car, coming back, taking it off, recharging, coming to put it back on my car, making sure, because this was over the span of months. Hold up. So he was driving to wherever your car was to recharge the battery. Yes. Obviously, I had a lot of time with this man to understand how he thinks and done a lot of healing after the fact to really know what was going on. I've never told him I found this tracking device ever. He has no clue that I know this thing exists. Never told his daughter I found the tracking device, nothing. I don't think he ever drove to where I live now to do it. I think he wanted to know where I was. 
So he made sure it was charged before he knew I was leaving because his daughter knew I was leaving. She knew I was moving. So I think he was coming to my work because it's an open parking lot, climbing under my car in the parking lot to get this tracking device and taking it on and off there. Because that day when I read those reviews, my stomach just sunk. It was on my car. Okay. So I finished out the work day. I'm wearing a dress. I'm all, you know, all business, all this. I go out to the parking lot and I'm crawling underneath my car to find this tracking device. And I'm like shimmying under like on my back. And I feel like my dress was even white. And there it is. There it is. That was one of my breaking points, honestly. I just felt so violated. This man cannot allow me to just go on with life without him. He can't not have access to me. The kicker is I was the crazy one, right? This entire Mm -hmm. time, it was my insecurities. Everything was my fault. I was ridiculous. I didn't put a tracking device on his car. I went home and I just broke. I don't know that I've, I just cried so hard to the point where you get a headache, you cry so hard. He knows where I'm at. I don't feel safe here anymore now. The days after that, everywhere I went, I'm like, is he, is he here? Is he following me? Is he going to just show up? What's going to happen? I was constantly just looking over my shoulder. Now I feel really bad again. I went to a domestic violence cop. I went to a lawyer. I did everything I possibly could think of. It is illegal to put a tracking device on somebody else's car in the state I now live in, but it's not illegal to put it on in the state I came from, which is where he put it. When I talked to a sheriff in his state, they told me, look, you can put something in like stocking or whatever it may be, but the DA is not going to do anything with it. So at that point I had a choice. I was like, do I press this? Cause if I do, if I file anything against him, I will no longer have a relationship with his daughter. That will be that. If they're telling me that nothing's going to come of it anyway, if I do file, is it worth it? I didn't do anything. I just let it go continued a relationship with her. And so, like I said, to this day, he has no idea I ever found it. I knew he probably wasn't going to do that again and felt comfortable enough with that where I was like, I now have this knowledge and I can proceed on in any future interactions, knowing what I know now and what he also is capable of. I can protect myself in ways I didn't necessarily know how to protect myself before that. And then even past that for years, years after I left and moved away, he would still text me. He would still call. He was starting a company or designed something. He wanted me to do the logo because I'm so good at that. He at one point reforwarded me emails that he sent me from the very start, like the first email he ever sent me, like trying to elicit some sort of a response. He sent me birthday gifts at one point too. And one of them was this little heart with a lock and a key thing. And just everything had messaging. Everything was subversive. It all was trying to just see, do I still have you there? If I call, are you still going to answer? If I text, are you still going to reply? If I want to see you, am I going to see you? What are the boundaries now? I did change my number. So I met my now husband and I was like this, it's been years now. I'm not going to pursue any sort of legal action. So I'm just going to cut this off. I'm going to change my phone number, do the whole bit. I don't need this anymore. 
up until a few months before we got married, he was texting me. And did you ever respond? Did you ever give him anything? There were some times where I did respond, but it was more so honestly to see what he would do. I know now at this point also, he's with Emma. So you know that Emma took him back. Emma didn't let him go. There was no take. Emma was fully convinced apparently that I was his ex-girlfriend that lived with him and then went crazy when I found out that Emma existed. They are now together. His daughter told me that not even a couple weeks later, she was being introduced to Emma and Emma was spending the night and at the house. That poor girl. It was now you're going to have this relationship with this new woman that I claim to have not had a relationship with while I was with Anna, but this is going to happen and you're just going to accept it. And now here's your new person in your life. As far as I know, I never asked him about it. Never, I've never talked to him. I haven't talked to him now in years, text or otherwise. As far as I know, then he and Emma were together for a very long time. And then he met a new girl at work. When you met your now husband, where were you at mentally and emotionally? And how did he feel about your past experience? How did you guys handle that together? When I left and moved... My first priority when I moved was to make friends because I knew from what had happened with Grant that if I didn't have friends, I would probably fall right back into another toxic relationship. Good for you. I was going to set myself up for that. So I was like, how can I avoid everything when I moved away was how can I never repeat this? How can I never go down this path again? It was, okay, you need to just make really, really, really good girlfriends. You need to have a community around you. When I moved, I moved to a place where there's, it's a very kind of transient city where everybody's coming in and moving. And so it was very easy to make friends. And at this point, I'm not even 30 years old. It's like, okay, it's going to be really easy for you to make friends. I made friends left and right. And it was like, see, I'm not insane. I'm not crazy. Like I'm not this socially awkward, embarrassing person. People want to hang out with me. They want to be my friends. and this is nice. And I was like, I'm not dating. I'm not doing any of that. There are scars here now. You know, you can heal from wounds. It will leave scars. And so those scars will always be there. I need to heal these wounds. I need to let them become scars. I need to learn how to live with that. And I need to also learn my triggers. I need to learn how my brain works outside of this relationship because it's been warped. It's been twisted. There are pathways there now that if something were to happen, my brain would do this when it needs to come over here. My brain would go left and it needs to go right. I was like, okay, you need to just work on all of that. And I was very like, okay, if I were to have a man not want to put me on social media or whatever it may be, like all these things that could be these little triggers, how do we navigate that? Would I even want to be with a man like that? No, I wouldn't was the answer. So I was like, okay, now we kind of know. And honestly, I had resigned myself to most likely never being in another relationship again and never getting married. How could that possibly happen? How could I ever trust someone ever again? This man had ruined me for so much. I could never possibly, even if it was the greatest man, I could never trust another human. It just won't happen. There will always be something that makes me wonder or worry or whatever it may be. 
I had just kind of resigned myself like, okay, if I do, I'll just maybe date, but not get into a relationship and not definitely not get married. Just make friends. So I had all these friends, even one of my birthdays, I feel like there was like 25 girls where it's just, here's this big old celebration. And you're just going to have this community around you. And I really focused on being a very good friend myself. Because obviously I'd given a lot to him and his daughter. So now it was, I'm going to kind of pour myself into other women and support them and encourage them started to date, did like the online stuff, the apps and all of that. So uncomfortable. I don't like them. Wasn't really for me. They're great for some people. I've had many friends get married from them. I just never felt right about it. People were like, how are you going to meet someone? I don't know. Maybe somebody will know me. Somebody will know him. And they'll be like, you guys would like each other. The first person that I met here, she always tried to set me up with people. They were bad. Why does that happen? (laughs) While I'm doing this dating, a lot of it was, I knew from just briefly dating, never being in a relationship, I wasn't being triggered or I was standing up for myself or I was setting a boundary and I was sticking to it or I was walking away. There were different things where I was like, I'm acting and behaving completely differently. She set me up with these three different guys. None of them worked out. And then one day she texts me and she's like, pretty sure I just met your future husband. I was like, you really stink at setting me up with people. So that cannot be the case. It's not possible. Tell me more. Tell me his name. Send me a picture. How do you know him? What's going on? Hope springs eternal. (laughs) She's like, Anna, he's just so good. He's such a good guy. He's so nice. He's so, I cannot even believe how nice he is. He works with me. He's all this, that, the other. I'm like, uh, sure. Whatever. I invited him to my engagement party. A man you just met? You invited him to your engagement party? Can we not do coffee? And he said yes, that he'd come to a stranger's engagement party? That's weird. This is all weird. And her engagement party was like a month out and or two months out. And she would just keep asking him, are you coming to my party? He'd be like, I said I was coming. I'm going to come. Meanwhile, again, she only sends me his first name. I find him. I'm like, I've been through too much. I'm finding this human. I'm going to know, know things about him. So I knew exactly who I was meeting. He had no clue, none. Never asked for my picture, never knew my name. He came into it blind. This is perfectly okay. Perfectly I'm, I'm good with this. <laughs> perfectly okay. So I go to her engagement party. I'm out on her back patio. He had posted his car. So I see his car coming down the street. I'm like, oh my God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Like, this is so <laughs> weird. And I break out in hives. I get all nervous and break out in hives. And that's just what I do. I know he's coming in. He has no idea. So his version of the story is I'm on the back porch. He walks in the front door. You can see through the house. And he saw me first person he saw and was like, please, Lord, let that be her. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. He comes and just comes to meet me. Has no idea if it's who he's supposed to meet, but just beelines it for me to get introduced to me. So he's like, this is going to be really awkward if they come like pull me away from this girl and be like, hey, here's who you're supposed to meet. But it was me. He was so intentional from the first moment. No pretense, no bullcrap, no games, nothing. It was so genuine. And it felt completely different from the first moment. Also, here I am in a social situation with tons of people he knows, because then he had met his uh, other coworkers were there that worked with him. They're watching all these interactions. 
he works for a reputable company. And so I'm like, okay, this is a good company. Like he has to have morals to work there. So I'm like, all right, great. And he's like, I'd like to take you on a date. I don't want to take you out. I don't want to hang out. I would like to take you on a date. Will you go on a date with me? We had had just this great flirtation and banter back and forth. So I agreed to go on a date with him two weeks later. And I had to travel and do all these things. At the end of every date, I knew if I'd see him again, he asked me out in advance for the next date because we had two weeks in between. I said, let's text during this time. He's like, I don't really, I'm not really a texter. I'm like, it's okay. Let's just try. He texted me every day without fail. Before our first date, he arranged to get me flowers and it wasn't too much. It wasn't this nonsense that I had experienced before. It was, let's get to know each other. I care about you. I respect you. It just was completely different. And because there were no games and there was no pretense, and this was a man that he had been burned before too. He had been married and been cheated on as well. I wasn't married, but he had been married and cheated on. I knew he wouldn't ever want to experience that again. I never wanted to experience it again. We had been living these parallel paths for years. The more and more I got to know him. And then all of a sudden it was like, you're going to cross. And both of you are going to understand each other's journeys prior to here. It was, you're going to understand and kind of know his triggers so that I can also call him out on them. When he's experiencing something, I'll be like, I'm not her. Pause. I'm not her. And when I'm going down something like he knows also when I express something to him, I'm like, look, this is something that we just experienced in our dating relationship. We had one instance where I felt, whoo, what's going on here? One where I was like, I don't like that. That reminds me of, and it was just because he had a gathering at his house and there were, there was a female there and I hadn't been invited. And so I was like, if women are going to be invited, I feel like I should be invited. That's my only thing. Cause my mind goes to all these bad places. So we can stop that if I'm just invited. Even if I say no, at least then you invited me. Never happened again. We will have these very healthy conversations and there is true change, lasting change. He makes an effort. One of my friends (laughs) was getting cheated on after this and he and I are married at this point. I came home, I'm like, are you cheating on me? What's going on? She's getting cheated on. Are you cheating on me? And he's like, Anna... I would literally rather edit a PDF than cheat on you. I would rather do like one of the dorkiest things that you could possibly do than cheat on you. He makes me, I am his everything, like in a very good, healthy way. There is nothing I have to worry about. And I never thought I'd have that. And he never makes you feel, even if you do get triggered or you get upset over something, he never makes you feel weird or crazy or overly dramatic for having those emotions. Never, but I've also learned ways to present it to him. I step back. I take a step back. I'm like, that just happened. Oh man, doesn't feel good. I step back and I'm like, is this him? Is this my past? What's happening here? Am I putting anything from my past on him? If I am, I need to separate them. I need to find some way to only focus on what is happening here and now and find a way then to communicate that to him that it's like, this is what just happened. This is how I felt. What can we change? What can we do different? How can we fix this? How can we be better? Good for you for having the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness to recognize rather than being so in your feelings that that is reality. You can separate, you can acknowledge the feelings, validate them, but know that feelings aren't always reality. Your brain is remembering. 
-hmm. and your body is remembering, but that doesn't mean that that's where you are now. That's amazing. I don't live there anymore. Yeah. I learned a lot. It's helped me in relationships a lot. Having been in something so bad has made me really appreciate the good too. Your relationship now is that much more rich because you know the difference. You know what it's like to live in chaos and live in on eggshells. And now you have the opposite. It's that much more precious. Yes. I, I texted him yesterday because I was driving and I just had this moment of, wow, I really love him. And this is really safe. It's real. And there's no fear. There's no fear. And so I texted him. I said, sometimes I just get these really overwhelming moments where I just realize how much I truly love you and how blessed I am that you love me back. I never thought this would be my reality ever. And it's very powerful that it is because my ex told me nobody would ever understand. Nobody could ever love me. He told me nobody will ever put up with you the way that I put up with you. And when I find someone that loves me literally without condition has basically taken, because I shared a lot of the shame that I held onto from that relationship with my now husband very early on in dating, where I was like, here, here are all my skeletons. Here is everything I'm not proud of. Here's everything I'm ashamed of. If you want to walk away, do it now. This is everything you could possibly find out about me. And he was like, okay, I can deal with that. You're worth it. All that shame, like it's not to get too spiritual or too religious, but it's marriage truly is a reflection of how Christ loves us. And he has shown me that type of love where it's like everything you feel shame about and you want to keep hidden. I'm not even going to love you despite it. I'm going to love you because of it. And I'm going to love you more. I'm going to show you that that is not who you are. Yeah. That simple acceptance is the most healing thing yeah. that there is. It's not even, oh, let's work through this. It's just, you are who you are. You can be that. And that in and of itself goes so deep and can heal so much because you're free to simply not overthink what you're not or your shortcomings. You can just be you. Mm -hmm. It sounds so cheesy to say, be more than enough or be enough, but be a thousand percent lovable and be someone else's world. And I just had the conversation with my sister, the one that told me to run. I had dinner with her the other night and we were talking about my husband and talking about this and talking to you. And she's like, it is just so evident, Anna, of how proud he is to be with you and how much he loves you. There is zero doubt that I have that he's just all about you. He's so proud to have you on his arm. He's super involved with my family. My sister loves him. She's like, I just like him so much. He's so funny. I'm like, he's, yes, he's funny. That's, yes. <laughs> and it is it, completely different. Night and day. I always thought when I was with Grant, I was like, if I can love somebody who hurts me this much and makes me feel so much pain, if this is how much I can love him, what would love be like with someone who loves me back? Right. And doesn't hurt me. How much more can you give to someone who makes you feel completely safe? Yes. And you never have to question. 
you don't have to walk on eggshells. You don't have to like yeah. navigate every single thing that's going to set him off, cause everything to implode all the time. It doesn't have to be a roller coaster. I'm totally fine with like a plateau. <laughs> we're just, we're just, we're just going to exist here for a while. And it's totally fine. A simple life is so beautiful to me now. That I just had a similar conversation where we were talking about how you do, you get conditioned to be used to the ups and downs and you, you start to crave the ups because when things dip and crash and it's so terrible, you're waiting for that up. And then when they're good, they're so good. So you get used to that. And then you meet someone who's healthy and normal and it can almost feel like something like, wait, is it's not, maybe sometimes it's boring or is this, should there be more sparks and fireworks and butterflies? And that's, no, this is the real deal. Mm -hmm. No one is putting on airs. This isn't a circus. It's not, there are no theatrics. I'm able to just sit in this house that we now have together and there's no debt and everything is above board and it's been transformational. He and I make each other better. My ex was a piranha sucking the life out of me where he's like, what could I possibly, everything I can take from you, let me do it. And I think that's part of what a codependent relationship is that one person is being truly, truly fulfilled by this. And the other person is just giving, 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 giving. So that was where we were at. He's like, what all can you possibly give me? How can you serve me? How much can you love me? But it wasn't ever reciprocated. Now it's completely healthy. So where we're just like this beautiful house and I can look around and I'm like, I'm so comfortable here. We just went on a trip together and I just couldn't wait to come home because home is my safe place now. There's honestly nowhere else I probably would want to be. I love it here. And it's because of what I have with him what we've created together. It feels like a sanctuary. It's, it is. I was just joking the other day about how I've gained so much newlywed weight because I've never been so happy to just sit on my couch <laughs> with my husband at the end of the day. And I never used to do that. I would never sit still like that. And just last night we were like, we should probably start doing nightly walks, but I just can't <laughs> wait to be home. I just want to be in our home with us and our dogs and it's the happiest place in my world is that living room. It's hanging out. Mm-hmm. I get that. And how long have you guys been married now? Three years. What so. an incredible story. And I know it's easy. I mean, those were such formative years of your life, but you got such a deep education so early on that the depth of experience and wisdom that you have now is only going to build in the people that are going to need to hear your before and after, you know, I guess is the best way to put it, are just going to keep coming along. I think, have you already been able to share your story in any way? Or have you already been able to help anybody else just by just with your experience? If not, it's fine. I'm just curious because it will happen. (laughs) I've talked about it with people. I have my friends when they are going through things too. How we kind of started off with this though, everybody's version of rock bottom is different. And until they reach their breaking point, So it's sometimes hard for me when I have friends going through things and they know my story. I've shared it with them. They know exactly what I've lived through. And yet they then continue to make choices that keep hurting themselves over like what I did for years. And my husband sometimes will be like, I just don't understand. Like why these girls? And I'm like, who am I though? Who am I to abandon them when what I needed was what I'm hopefully now giving them? I needed somebody to 
come alongside me and love me through it, despite it and all of the things. My sisters did that, but there were times our family got split because of everything that happened. One sister didn't talk to me for a long time. I don't know who you are anymore. My mom and I, lots of conversations ended in hung up calls and things like that and not good. So I'm like, who am I to not walk alongside this person as they crash and then get back up and then crash again and then get back up and then crash again. And they keep making those choices because at some point it will transform. That's convicting to me because I've just been shocked at the, and that is a really hard thing to deal with at the number of times that people close to me or in my immediate circle are making choices. And I've even had people tell me, do they not know your story? Right. And I've had to say, believe me, I have had gone through the gamut of emotions because you do not know something if you only know it in your head. You have to feel it in your heart. It has to punch you in the gut. You have to walk through those steps. Even if someone goes, wow, that was crazy. That'll never happen to me. Well, guess what? You've never been manipulated that way. Mm-hmm. You can't say this will never happen to you. If you are a victim of love bombing, what they say, like the statistics of someone being able to remove themselves from being love bombed is terrifyingly low. It takes a village or an army to open that person's eyes to get them to see what's happening because it changes the chemicals in your brain. It's incredibly powerful. So just like you said, who am I? to do anything else, but to love this person through it and give them what I needed in that time. And I am guilty of not always doing that because I want to shake someone. My response is, Same. I'm like, I say like, that. I'm like, I just want to shake her. I, just yes. wake her up. I feel like I'm screaming sometimes through like a window or a glass wall where I'm like, do you not hear me? Do you not see what's happening? This is avoidable. And sometimes the only thing you can do is let that person walk through it and make sure that they know that you are that safe place or that you'll be there when they come back. Just like your friend that kept coming back and helping you. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Cause you asked me like what a wake up call it was. Obviously there's a lot, like everything should have been a wake up call, <laughs> but everyone's is different. And that's and why I were. ask. I was afraid to do anything. I was afraid to say anything. Everything I did was wrong. I was no longer even really alive. I was surviving. I wasn't even existing. I was just surviving in that environment the best I knew how. And everybody's like, why don't you just leave? Why don't it's, it's just not that easy just to leave. You've invested so much into not only that person, but the person you've now become. And so you're like, I don't want to waste those six years. I don't want to waste those six months, however long it is for people. You don't want to have that time be wasted. So then you stay longer. Everything always felt like it was on the verge of crumbling in our relationship the entire time from the first moment, but neither of us would ever admit to it or stick to that. One of us would always come back. It's not crumbling. We're just making that up. We'll build something out of it. It's us against the world. Nobody would ever understand. When it was an inside job, really. (laughs) Oh, you asked for warning signs too. Everything was a warning sign. Everything should have been a red flag. And then I literally was like, red, orange. Oh, it's yellow. It's a yellow flag. It's not a red flag. Oh, it looks a little orange today. No, it's yellow. Proceed with caution, but keep going. It's not red enough. Not red enough. But honestly, his secrecy, his disrespect, any lie, if you catch a guy in a lie, it's a lie. It just is a lie. He didn't have relationships. He didn't have friendships. He was isolated himself. 
So if a person doesn't have those relationships out there, if they don't have relationships at all, and he really didn't hang out with his friends, that's a warning sign. Do they have good relationships with people? And are you involved in those relationships? He belittled me a lot and taking advantage of me. All of those things, if any of those are happening, I'm like, just be careful. So true. Was there like a phrase or something someone said to you that stuck with you that you were like, wow, that went really deep. That was like a moment of clarity, if that makes sense. Like for me, I, when I was freaking out, I think it was when I had first met my now husband and I'm gesturing like this because I'm pretty sure he's home out there somewhere. <laughs> but my boss who's a therapist. I just said something like, I want to do it differently. I just want to make sure I do it differently at this time. And she looked at me and she goes, you're already doing everything differently. Mm. You don't have to think about that. You're never going to do it the same. You just saying that means you're doing it differently. But I like to ask people, was there a phrase or was there something that a friend, a therapist, a parent figure, or even like your new spouse or someone, something that someone said that was pivotal for you? Honestly, a lot of what got me through and encouraged me was music. (laughs) I have such a connection to music. And so when I was questioning things after I left and everything too, there were certain songs and certain lyrics that got me through just over and over again. Like I have a Spotify playlist where it's like, this is my empowerment playlist. I'm going to refer back to this and try to encourage other people through this. And now there's so many songs coming out about narcissists and narcissism right now. I don't know if you know this. It's a hot topic now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, wow. And knowing that you're not alone in it. If people are writing songs about it, other people are experiencing this too. Music, podcasts, Netflix, everyone's all hopping on this train big time. (laughs) So for me, a lot of it has been music. Even um, Danny Gokey's song, Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. That has been one where I'm like, at the very start where I was like, how could my heart ever possibly function right again? How could I ever love again? How could I ever do any of this? I would listen to that song. And now there is a lot of these songs that are coming out. There's an Ingrid Andrus song right now that just came out and it's feel like this. And it tells a story of, I think the lyrics are like, it's crazy how manipulation feels like a soft blanket holding you tight. And I was just like, whoa, what is this song? Like, that's how the song starts out. And then it's like, I thought I knew what love was, but like, this is what it's supposed to feel like when you actually meet that right person that truly does love you. I blast that song. It hasn't necessarily been nuggets or little phrases that people have given me, but music has been something that has spoken to me throughout the years. And it encourages and honestly strengthens me, especially at the start. All the songs, if you want to send me your Spotify playlist. Yes. That'd be really fun. Thank you. I know it takes a lot of energy to relive and go back in such detail, but I'm so thankful that you took this time. You're really good at communicating the ins and outs of it. It's not easy, just not only to just recount actual events, but to go back in your head and explain and piecing together what you've learned now. And I'm really thankful to have heard that and heard your story. A little while after Anna and I recorded this, she sent me an email and I asked if I could read it in her episode. Here it is. Since we spoke, I've had time to think over our discussion and your surprise question. You asked at the end about any sort of phrase that helped me through my experience, plus also said you wanted to focus on giving more weight in your podcast to the after or survival and overcoming than the during or trauma, 
which I think is so important to encourage women in similar situations as ours. I was reading through some of my old journals and remembered a phrase that did help me so much and wanted to email you in case you thought it was needed to round out our conversation. There was life before him. There will be life after him was something I repeated to myself over and over as I made the choice and plans to leave and also reminded myself of it again and again once I did leave and felt empty and alone initially. Before leaving, when I really thought about it rationally, as opposed to emotionally, I was able to admit to myself that not only was there life before him, my life was better before him. That when I was with him, absolutely everything got broken somehow, and I was holding tightly onto all these shattered pieces and hurting myself in the process by choosing to stay with him. If and only if I could let go of what was harming me, could I ever start to heal. As difficult as it was to accept, it became clear I could only be who I knew I really was if I didn't allow him to continue breaking me down. When I finally allowed myself to imagine life without him, I liked what I was able to imagine. Ending things and starting over wasn't without its own struggles, but it was without toxicity and cruelty. Honestly, life became beautiful again more quickly than I could have even hoped. There definitely is life after him. And it is so much better than life with him. Thank you for being here, for subscribing, and for coming along with me as I learn the world of podcasting and this community takes shape. I have so many incredible stories coming next that honestly, I'm having a hard time waiting each week to share the next one with you. If you found value in these conversations and you haven't already left a review, it would mean the world if you took a quick moment to write one or just share this with a friend who would appreciate it. And if you found this episode to be impactful, post about it on Instagram and tag me at space and purpose. I would love to hear from you. 